Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast on human factors and COVID, which we as the National Advisory Board of Human Factors in Dentistry have brought to you. We are an expert group dedicated to raising awareness and understanding of human factors in dentistry. My name is Priya and I'm currently a locomoral surgeon working at Birmingham Dental Hospital and I've conducted human factors research through my Health Education England Clinical Leadership Fellowship I completed last year. My name is Tara. I'm also an invited member on the National Advisory Board for Human Factors and Dentistry and I'm also Professor of Oral Surgery at King's College London. I led a multidisciplinary group in the development of local version of the National Safety Standards and Interventional Procedures NATSIPs and LOCSIPs, which was published in 2017. This is one of three podcasts produced by the board, including Introduction to Human Factors in Dentistry um, uh, by Simon Wright, who's chair of the board, and Sue Poynton, How Human Factors Can Keep You and Your Patients Safe by Hannah Pugh and Deb Deborah Stratford, and Human Factors in Dentistry After, Co after COVID-19, this, this podcast. You will be able to see all of these, uh, these podcasts on the www.humanfactors.dental. Uh, we also have information about the board on the website that you can also contact us via the website. In addition to this, this there are some useful resources available related to human factors in the NHS England website, which discusses human factors in healthcare, the health and safety executive website, also information about human factor principles. And we've also published a position paper which contains useful definitions and discusses human factor principles in dentistry, and this is impressed at the BDJ. This podcast is aimed at all members of the dental team, and myself and Professor Tara Renton will be taking you through three important points. Why human factors are important during the COVID pandemic, how this has impacted and will continue to impact dentistry, how we can implement basic human factor principles into our day-to-day -day working activities to improve patient and staff safety. So let's start by updating what human factors are in healthcare. There are many, many different definitions, but my preferred definition is enhancing clinical performance through an understanding of the effects of teamwork, tasks, equipment, workspace, culture, and organization on human behavior and abilities and application of that knowledge in clinical settings. Human factors comprise of several layers, including system-related factors, which is within the organization in which we work, cultural uh, related factors, both within the system, such as teams or external factors, such as regulatory influences, individual or team performance related factors, and latent factors. These are factors that remain hidden within the system and under certain, certain circumstances will be exposed. The COVID crisis has undoubtedly placed great pressures on healthcare systems, and particularly dentistry has felt this considerably. Dentistry.co.uk reported that dental jobs filled 80% of the highest risk jobs during the pandemic, and dental hygiene is obviously fell in this category as well. It has suggested that without effective vaccine, the virus could return each year like a seasonal flu. It has recognized that immunity to COVID-19 is relatively short lasting compared with regular flu viruses. In addition, we must consider that a vaccine will only be effective if the virus does not mutate. But we cannot stop working forever, and we have to develop new standards and processes in dentistry that allow us to provide care for our patients, which is mutually safe. Dentistry is unique in that we operate on patients' mouths, no role for patient mask here, close up, using aerosol and blood-producing procedures, the science of which has yet to be confirmed regarding cross-infection of COVID-19. The additional PPE, organizational cleaning procedures, 
will likely significantly impact on dentistry now and in the future. And in addition, there's been a distinct lack of timely and trusted guidance or advice for dentists, increasing their fear and anxiety for those in the front line in both primary and secondary dental care settings. So let's make a start and think about why human factors are important for dentistry during the COVID pandemic. And with that in mind, Priya, what do you think are the main challenges that have arisen related to human factors? Well, as a clinician working throughout during the COVID pandemic, I have certainly seen how changes to a system affects both staff and patients. Essentially, there has been a complete change in routine practice. The first major impact includes organisational and environmental factors. The impact of social distancing, for instance, has completely changed the way we are working. It's altered the number of staff within buildings and departments. It's impacted on entry and exit routes in the environment. Buildings have had to be redesigned to ensure that they are COVID compliant. There are also reduced numbers of patients within waiting rooms and they have to be separated. Patients stay in the car park until they're informed to come into the building. PPE is another major factor, which has become quite topical in the media. We are required to wear masks in non-clinical areas and ensure patients are wearing them too. There have been changes to infection control. We're having to leave rooms vacant to allow for what's called a fallow period of time to allow aerosol levels to reduce between patients, meaning that we have prolonged interval periods between patients and also it's affected the clinical diary in, in our working environments. We have changed the way we provide care for our patients. We are doing virtual consultations via telephone and video triaging to try and minimize contact um, with patients within the building and also we have staff that are working from home as well. In addition to this, staff have had to be redeployed in some organisations to assist with other duties within healthcare such as district nursing and help within local hospitals. This has affected the environment also um, and the role of staff within departments has also changed. With dental practices, given the green light to open on the 8th of June, this has certainly been difficult and routine dental procedures will be slow to restart. The main changes here are related to PPE we have to wear whilst carrying out procedures, which is difficult, and I'm talking from experience here, and the fact that with aerosol generating procedures, AGPs, we have to be in closed environments with minimal staff in the room. Public Health England has recently published guidance regarding the infection prevention control for the remobilisation of services. This actually applies to dentistry as well and includes the use of PPE, social distancing and the guidance on aerosol generating procedures. This will impact the way we work as services uh, resume as well. And finally, we mustn't forget about patients. We have to understand they have, they have had to adapt to this new system as well. We are only scratching the surface here and there are many more factors affected. Tara, what are your thoughts on performance related factors such as task, workplace and equipment related factors? Okay, where do we start? As I've mentioned, dentistry is a unique profession in that we undertake high volume, complex technical surgery on conscious patients uh, with mouth, on their mouths open, often at close proximity using aerosol producing uh, generating procedures or AGPs, combined with saliva and often tissue and other bleeding elements. The cessation of routine dental care has impacted negatively on both dental teams and patients. The fear of infection is a significant factor preventing patients from seeking routine and even urgent care, and indeed in dental teams, particularly those at high risk. With regards to AGPs, the evidence is limited so far as to the degree and the significance of COVID-19 cross-infection during these procedures. 
However, there is a national clinical research network alliance group under the NIHR. It will hopefully facilitate this research and identify risk and prevention of infection control during AGPs and dentistry. The rapid review of AGPs and their mitigation, including international guidance, was undertaken to inform the Scottish Dental Clinical Effectiveness Programme, the SDCEP, and involved Cochrane Health Organisation. Uh, this is not guidance as evident is so limited. They have already provided uh, acute dental care guidance. And the review does, however, provide some recommendations on fallow periods, time gaps between patients, and what mitig uh, mitigations are necessary between COVID and non-COVID patients. Research is still ongoing in this field and hopefully you can expect some concrete guidance soon. I've also mentioned the complexity of dental procedures. It relies heavily on the team work, like many other surgical procedures, but increasingly in the use of complex inst instruments and procedures in dentistry adds to the pressure of routine care. The additional PPP is burdensome, hot, uncomfortable, making work significantly more difficult and stressful, and often makes communication with team and patients increasingly challenging. Dentists also have four quadrants to operate in compared with one liver or one heart for those surgeons involved and two sets of teeth are deciduous and permanent teeth. Thus, wrong sites uh, dental extraction continues to be second or third on the national never event list, despite our efforts with improving local safety standards for invasive procedures, the locally developed LOPSIPs and reporting systems. And these are looking to be improved currently. Another issue is that the relevant now is the errors surrounding virtual consultations. This may be related to different clinicians seeking patients for their assessment and other clinician providing the treatment, which often happens in oral surgery, but not other areas of dentistry. This creates an opportunity for error between informing and gathering consent and, and the procedure. And even, even as we are aiming to minimize the number of visits patients make to keep them safe, there's also a risk of error in completing all their treatment in one visit. These also present time pressures on clinicians, which can also be additionally stressful. Lastly, uh, this is environment mainly, but most dentists work in a confined small rooms, which may be an additional risk factor for cross-infection, unless the area has good exhaust and air exchange systems installed, similar to those we're used to in general anaesthetic theatres to remove anaesthetic gases. For example, an additional four million pounds has been estimated as a quote just to upgrade a dental school system to allow patients and dental students to return to provide sufficient uh, gas and air exchange systems in a dental building. This is a significant workplace hurdle and adds significant additional stress. So Priya, what do you think about cultural factors post-COVID? Well, I find cultural factors incredibly interesting. Culture is the interaction between the organisation and the workplace and the staff, where a set of common ideologies and values and work ethics are worked towards. Patients also have a role in driving culture within organisations as well. Research I've conducted pre-COVID has demonstrated a fear-led culture in dentistry in being open about patient safety incidents and a lack of awareness of patient safety knowledge. This is very much a barrier to creating a positive patient safety culture. And if we throw in a global pandemic into the mix, it has potentially overthrown a well-ingrained healthcare culture. But is this for better or worse? There are several aspects to culture we must consider, the first being leadership in dentistry. 
This has certainly been controversial in dentistry, where many dentists feel there has been a lack of clear guidance and support from key governing organisations. This has affected the morale in dentistry and our working lives. On a more positive stance, though, some organisations have implemented a more compassionate and supportive leadership style, especially during the COVID pandemic, which has the power to impact positively on the mental well-being of staff. Tunnel vision is another issue that crops up within human factors, and it's often something very important to consider. And it's the reduced lens we, when we focus on a particular procedure. COVID has shifted our focus within the organisation and it has led organisations to concentrate only on dealing with the crisis at hand, which means there is a danger of forgetting basic patient safety protocols such as lock zips within departments. One of the most interesting things to consider also is teamwork to build a positive patient safety culture. We have seen this demonstrated within departments working together to manage urgent patients, in particular different specialties working together within an organisation. We've seen the UDCs, these urgent dental centres being set up and basically leading to an integration between primary and secondary care, but it has not been without its challenges. All of these concepts are extremely important to build on. So Tara, what about latent factors post-COVID-19? Well, some examples of latent factors include lack of confidence, which may be related to lack of knowledge or perceived lack of skill and ability, stress and fatigue, increased workload within the same time frame, distraction caused by internal and external pressures, for example, administrative errors, personal issues, internal and external pressures, feeling of being judged or being inadequate, and lack of insight and reflection. Those are the main latent factors. So all of the aforementioned, aside from lack of insight, uh, are latent factors impacting on change in dental patient care post-COVID. We're in very difficult times and the NHS staff are coping heroically uh, and those in private practice under tremendous pressures. Staff have been redeployed into situations they are likely have felt under, uh, under-trained for and the environment may, remains very uncertain. Lack of confidence and additional pressures of feeling ill-equipped or inadequate have been increased by insufficient and timely guidance. And I believe dentistry has suffered and will continue to do so in the future. This will add dental teams lack of confidence and associated stress under current circumstances. The uncertainty and significant changes in PPE, which I've already mentioned, care delivery, costs, time, all add to anxiety and stress for both the dental teams and their patients. The significant pressures of working in burdensome PPE makes communication with patients and your team particularly difficult and stressful. And of course, the significant drop in patient attendance and capacity is going to massively impact on dental practice financial model and likely to result in many practice issues and requirement and an overview of the future dental business constructs. Priya, what is your conclusion? It is fair to say from our discussion, human factors has never been more important than now. If anything, the COVID pandemic has shown that we as a profession can adapt and positively contribute to the wider healthcare sphere. We must take this opportunity to learn from challenges we have experienced during this pandemic. And if we are to emerge as a more supportive profession, working to promote a positive patient safety culture, concepts such as strong leadership, collaboration between professionals and communication are key. One of the key aspects we need to address is the incorporation of human factors training into the profession. In particular, with our younger dentists, such as foundation dentists, dental core trainees, or even dentists at the early stages of their career. 
new dentists are at risk of making errors, especially within this new environment where they may be unfamiliar with protocols and wearing appropriate PPE. We must target training towards this cohort of the profession and make it mandatory training as part of their curriculum. I find that this will make them well-rounded clinicians contributing to the patient safety culture throughout their dental career. I absolutely agree. Dentistry seems to lag behind medicine and mandatory training for junior staff, and I believe this to be essential. What is clear to me is that the current crisis, we cannot put patient safety and risk management on the back burner. When the COVID-19 crisis passes, people will have time to reflect and explore their rights to redress if untoward adverse health events have occurred. Today, we face record levels of NHS clinical negligence claims and costs which also significantly adds to the pressure and stress in dentistry. There is no magic wand to be waved so that it all disappears overnight and normal times will recur. We have acute patient safety and clinical negligence problems in abnormal times and it is likely that these issues will worsen. The failures shown in NHS England and NHS Improvement Never Events provided a salutary reminder that we still have a long way to go to develop an ingrained patient safety culture within the NHS and private practice. In any event, using tried and tested standard operating procedures and lock sips, for example, as you've mentioned, ensures patient safety remains an easy priority for dental teams, even in the event of such significant pressures. I completely agree, Tara. There are many positive aspects that have come from this pandemic. I don't believe we are defeated and we have the potential to emerge stronger. Many disciplines in healthcare have described the pandemic as being almost like a time for reflection and a way to stop the clock and reorganise key principles. This can apply to dentistry and could be a fantastic opportunity to almost start again and launch a patient safety culture that optimises patient care and builds positivity within the profession. We hope that you found our discussion valuable and will implement these simple ways to build a supportive working environment for your colleagues and improve patient safety care that you provide in your patients. Please share these ideas with your teams and visit our website, www.humanfactors.dental to listen to further podcasts. And on behalf of myself and Priya, we thank you very much for listening.